Please remain standing and open the pages of the scripture in your hand together with me to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. I will read it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the years. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we now come to the preaching and exposition of your word, once again, we ask you, Lord, to illumine our hearts and our minds by the power of the Holy Spirit so that there will be joy in our hearing of the Word of God. There will be humility in us sitting under the preaching of the Word of God. And there will be obedience toward what is going to be proclaimed to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I believe most of you know that my plan still is to preach in the evening through uh, the book of Exodus. But... Um, this week I realized that I am going to need more time to uh, prepare to begin uh, preaching through the book of Exodus. I will start next Sunday, Lord willing. And the Lord um, laid Psalm 100 into my heart for tonight. I remember one day um, a young fellow believer came to me and he said, Pastor, I know we Christians are commanded to worship God with a joyful noise, with gladness, with singing, with thanksgiving. But what do we do when we don't feel joy, gladness, and thanksgiving in our hearts as we worship God. I see the command, he said, and the feeling we should have in worship, but what do we do if we don't feel them? Was his question. I'm sure sometimes we find ourselves asking the same question. We are in worship, uh, the congregation is singing, but we sometimes struggle to display and manifest 
joy, thanksgiving, um, and a joyful noise to the Lord. So we resemble sometimes to, the, to my friend who asked that question. Well, tonight, the psalmist, King David, will help us to answer that question in light of his teaching in Psalm 100. As you might already know, Psalm 100 is a call to worship, a command to worship. It summons uh, people, all people, all people um, in all uh, lands, uh, peoples and languages and tribes, uh, all peoples to appear before God's presence for worship. Notice verses 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. The command is for everyone who have been created in the image of God to come to the presence of God for one single purpose, and that is worship. And when we worship God, to worship him with a joyful noise, with gladness, with joy, with thanksgiving, uh, with praise, blessing his name, all these elements of worship are included in you and I coming to his presence for worship. But the question is, do we always display them? Do we always show those feelings of worship when we worship God? I'm not talking about ritual. I'm not talking about going through emotions, but I'm talking about doing what uh, the psalmist is uh, uh, commanded us to do in Psalm 100. It's, it's, it's a real worship. It is true worship of God. You see, what is good and um, beneficial here uh, for us is uh, King David, the psalmist, uh, the musician and worship leader himself, he doesn't leave us in the dark. He doesn't just ask that question, what do we do if we don't feel gladness, joy, and um, joyful noise, and uh, thanksgiving, and singing. If we don't feel them, what do we do? Um, and commands all uh, the people, um, the worshipers, to worship in joyful noise, gladness, singing, and thanksgiving. Uh, now, uh, as I already mentioned, it, he doesn't uh, leave us in a vacuum. He doesn't leave us in the dark saying, just do it because I said so. That's not his approach. That's not what he's doing. You know, I have commanded you to worship, and I, I leave it um, to you. I leave it up to you uh, on how to manifest these things in worship. No, David actually points us to the grounds of praising God. On the way he 
uh, outlines the form of worship here. Joyful noise, singing, thanksgiving, gladness. And what are, what are the grounds uh, for praising God? The first thing that we see in this psalm, in verse 3, we see the word no. No. Know the truth about God. Know who God is. That's your ground. That is what is going to motivate you to worship God with the joyful noise, with singing, with joy, with thanksgiving. You need to know God. You need to know who God is. You need to know what God has done for you in the past, now, and what he's able to do for you in the future. And notice what David says here. Know that the Lord, he is God. Now he brings us to the truth about God. He is God. What it means is he is Yahweh. He is the great I am, the ruler and the owner of creation. He is self-existent and he is all-powerful. He is self-sufficient in full and absolute control of everything that he created out of nothing. Yahweh is the Lord. Whom do you worship? The ruler of the universe. Whom do you worship? Yahweh, the self-existent God. One who was not created, but the creator. One who is limitless in his power, authority, and sovereignty. He is God. It is he who made us. He's not only Yahweh, the great I am, but he's also the creator. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He's the creator. We worship the creator. And we worship the creator who created everything out of nothing in the space of six days. Now think about that. When you worship God, you're mindful of these things. You're mindful of the fact that God is the Lord, Yahweh. God is the creator who created in his own image. And one who created everything out of nothing. Do you know what that knowledge would do to your worship? It would bring gladness into your heart. We don't worship God with empty, empty mind and empty heart without no knowledge of God. That's why people struggle in worship. Because there is no knowledge of God. There is no knowledge of his great greatness and the fact that he is God. Psalm 24, 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, 
the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. You know, the world and everything in it belongs to, to God. The fact that he's creator means we belong to him. Creation belongs to him. He owns the world. He owns us. By creation, by providence, by redemption, he, he owns us. We are his people. We belong to him. So when we worship God, we worship Yahweh who uh, created us, to whom we belong. Secondly, we are his. We belong to him by Three acts of God, creation, providence, and redemption. Think about that. When you worship God, you worship your creator, you worship your provider, you worship your redeemer. Second Chronicles 7, 14. The Lord said, if my people, which are called by my name, that's belonging, you are my people. I have placed my name upon you. You are called the people of God. The people of God. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Romans 14, 8. If we live... Uh, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. He owns us. We belong to Him. And you know, as you hear these things, beloved, I want you to think about worship. I want you to think about the command for worship. Worship God with a joyful noise, singing, praise, thanksgiving. How do I do that? I do that by knowing God, by knowing who He is. We don't create joy in worship by our own strengths. But you and I being informed about who God is, and then the, the information that we get about God will create joy in our hearts. That knowledge will lead us to a joyful worship. If there is no knowledge of God, there will not be joy in worship. And then comes, we are the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd. He feeds us. He protects us. He leads us. He disciplines us. He preserves us. And that's a special care of our God as our shepherd, Psalm 81. Oh, give ear, the shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned above the cherubim, shine forth. You see, uh, the psalmist calls God the shepherd of Israel. God is our shepherd. What does the shepherd do? He feeds the sheep, the flock. He protects the sheep. He guides them. And he protects them. 
Psalm 40:11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lamb in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. You see the relationship that we have with our God. He is our shepherd. And then comes what? Know that the Lord is God. It is who who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name now. Another attribute comes here. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. What does it mean? What does the Lord is good means? This is what it means. He has no evil in him. He has no evil in him. His intentions and motivations are always right and righteous. And the outcome of all his plans are always good. Always good. He is the, the God. He is the God who, who brings, uh, he brings out good things from what it seems for us bad, painful. That's our God. He is good. He is good. He is the author and the source of all good. God's goodness extends from his very nature to, to everything he does. Psalm 119.68 You are good and do good. Joseph, you know, when his brothers faced him, when they stood before him, you remember in Genesis 50, when they stood before him, they were, um, they were terrified. And they thought, oh, our brother Joseph, he's, he's going to take revenge now. He's going to uh, punish us and destroy us because of what we did to him. And Joseph said to them, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. God is good. God is good. And his goodness uh, endures forever. He is good. And then comes what? His steadfast love endures forever. How many of you have understood the steadfast love of God? In Hebrew, it's called chesed. Chesed means unconditional love of God. What it means is the love of God is unchanging. It doesn't change. It doesn't get old. God doesn't change his mind. His steadfast love endures forever. In Psalm 103, bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And the psalmist says, bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits are the expression of his steadfast love. His steadfast love Endures forever. Lamentations 3, 
22-23. The steadfast love of God never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. This is whom we worship. This is whom we worship. Finally comes his faithfulness. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. And what does that mean? His promise, he promised salvation to his people and will keep his promise forever. That's what it means. He is worthy of eternal trust. His faithfulness, his truthfulness endures forever. Isn't that amazing how God was dealing with the people of Israel? They doubt here, his faithfulness continues. They worship false gods here, his faithfulness continues. In the sea, his faithfulness continues. Before their, en- their enemies, his faithfulness continues. When they despise his law, his law, his faithfulness continues. That's what it means, his his faithfulness to all generations. Not only the people of Israel. Think about your own life. How faithful God has been for you, for your children, for your grandchildren. Toward your needs, toward your struggles. Think about his faithfulness. It doesn't change. It doesn't even change when you sin against him, when you disobey him, when you neglect his love and his care for you. It doesn't change. It remains the same. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm, Psalm 106, 45. Psalm 106, 45. For their sake he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He remembered the misery and the suffering of his, his, his people. So David so far informed us about who God is. The fact that he is Yahweh, the fact that he created us, the fact that he is our shepherd, the fact that he is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness Goes to all generations. Now, beloved, you know all these things about God. Then David said, Knowing this, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Do you know what happens in worship? In, in worship, we come to the presence of God. We come to the presence of God with, with concerns, with things that uh, we are struggling with. The psalmist is not saying you should ignore them. You should leave them at home and come to his presence and pretend as if everything is okay. No, you come with them and you give them to him, but you do that with thanksgiving, with joyful noise, saying, Lord, you are my creator, you are Yahweh, his, your love doesn't change, your faithfulness endures forever. I have all these concerns about me, my wife, my children, my church, my nation, I have all these concerns, all these weighty matters. I'm bringing them to you. Pastoral prayer does that every Sunday. I'm bringing them to you, but I'm bringing them to you as I also rejoice in you with a joyful noise. Those things are not going to stop me from rejoicing because I know that you are sovereign and you will deal with them on my behalf. They're not going to crush me. They're not going to take my joy away from me. I will make a joyful noise because I know who you are. Listen. I'm speaking from my heart when I was your pastor. Sometimes I hear people say, you know, I understand the command in Psalm 100, but I don't have a good voice. I can't sing. Trust me, if you meditate on Psalm 100, if you meditate on Psalm 103, Psalm 106, Psalm 105, you will open your mouth and sing. doesn't matter about your voice. Your voice doesn't matter. Just open your mouth and sing. But listen, if you meditate on who God is, what God has done in the past, what he's doing in your life now, what he's able to do for you in the future, of course, there will be joy in your heart. There will be gladness in your heart. And that information will lead you to a joyful worship. A joyful worship. That's why you see David said, Know, know that the Lord is God. Know that the Lord is your creator. Know that the Lord is your shepherd. Know that the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. If you know all these things about God, your response will be joyful noise. Not just noise, joyful noise with words. That's why we have this hymn book here. Through this we make a joyful noise 
joyful noise to the Lord. How do people know that we are happy people, that we are joyful? We sing. And they hear the words that we utter from our mouth through the hymns. And people say, these people, they have joy. They have problems, but their joy, their joyful noise exceeds their problems. And that's, why, that's what we learn from Psalm 100. In Ephesians 5, the scripture that our brother Rich read for us, let me take you there. Paul said, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? And do not um, get drunk with wine, for, there is, for it is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This should be who you are as a Christian. Making melody to the Lord with, with thanksgiving. And listen to the psalmist in Psalm 63. And, and we see Psalm 100 being uh, implemented in his life in Psalm 63. We see everything that we heard from Psalm 100 happening in the life of the psalmist. Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. My response, Lord, I will worship you. I will praise you. Listen to Paul, how he concludes his letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.17. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let me ask you this. Is this your life as a Christian? This is your life as a Christian. 
when you leave home on Sunday to come to worship, do you say to yourself, I am on my way to church to make a joyful noise unto the Lord? Doesn't matter what's happening in my life. He is God, He's sovereign, He's my Father. He will intervene and do his will in my life. But my business as his child is to go to his presence and make a joyful noise to the Lord. Sing with gladness. I will enter to his presence with a joyful heart. May the Lord grant us his Holy Spirit to be a worshiper like, like that, like in Psalm 100. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, continue teaching us and informing us about who you are, what you have done for us in the past, what they are able to do in the future. Oh Lord, may everything that we know about you as Christians lead us to a joyful worship, praise, gladness, thanksgiving, knowing that you are our creator, you are our shepherd, and your steadfast love endures forever, and your faithfulness goes to all generations. Oh Lord, thank you for this, for this knowledge about you. And may these things that we see in your word cause us to make a joyful noise unto you, our Heavenly Father, in worship. In the name of Christ, your Son, we pray. Amen.